Where were you when MySpace died? I was in mall stealing bracelet when phone rang. Tom said, MySpace is kill. Rar XD. This is Tea Time, and you're listening to The Action Index, the podcast that takes a deep dive into the emo scene. Today's episode, we're going to take a look at MySpace. MySpace is a website synonymous with early 2000s internet culture, and even more so with emo culture. Founded in 2003 with musicians in mind, it exploded in popularity and became a social media hub. Before Bandcamp and other similar services, MySpace was how a lot of smaller artists released and promoted new music. Remember Owl City? Of course you remember Owl City. You got to start on MySpace. Adele, Sean Kingston, the Arctic Monkeys, they all got their big breaks through MySpace. And in the context of emo, bands like Attack Attack, Panic at the Disco, Never Shout Never, and the Skrillex fronted from first to last, all made it to where they are today through MySpace. Now I could talk at length about the cultural impact that emo fashion and MySpace had on early 2000s teens and young adults, but This is a music podcast, so I'll just summarize. Uh, Hot Topic, Fringe Bangs, Skin Tight, Black Denim, uh, Dyed Hair, uh, Emo Fan Art of Popular Cartoon Characters, uh, I Maked You a Cookie, But I Eated It, Uh, Rar XD, you get the gist. Even today, the image of the 2000s internet emo is typically what people imagine when they hear the term emo which isn't inherently a bad thing in my opinion. Emo's origins in DC Punk were all about inclusivity and social justice and standing out from the crowd. Internet emos of the early 2000s weren't much different, advocating for LGBTQ rights and access to sexual and mental health. To be fair, I am looking at this cultural phenomenon through MCR tinted glasses. A lot of the punk community hated this because they saw it as a trend, and that's kind of what this was. It's a trend. Think of the uh, TikTok e-boys and people like Machine Gun Kelly capitalizing on this caricature of emo culture in the early 2000s. It's not really the music that's the trend, it's the style and the attitude. It almost seems like MySpace emos were a sanitized bastardization of the punk ethos. But that didn't stop these whiny teens from making some of the best emo records to ever come out. And many armchair Reddit emo historians view this brief resurgence in real emo, emo revival. From here, you get groups like Algernon Cadwallader, Oh My God Elephant, Midwest Pen Pals, Merchant Ships, Snowing. They all capture this sort of internet age interpretation of mid to late 90s twinkly Midwest emo. It was more energetic, loud, lighthearted, and quirky than the 90s counterpart. At this point, most people had access to home computers and recording software, so dropping an album and releasing it on the internet was easier than ever. In fact, over 50 million songs by over 14 million artists were uploaded to MySpace at its peak. Maybe you have a favorite MySpace artist. Maybe you've been trying to find their music for years with no luck. 
Well, in 2019, during a botched server migration, all music uploaded to MySpace from 2003 to 2016 were permanently deleted. There are groups of internet archivists and lost media enthusiasts who have recovered a small fraction of these mystery MP3s and uploaded them to archive websites for veteran emos to browse through and are working hard to correctly attribute these tracks and uncover more. For those interested, it's called the MySpace Archive Project. Taking a look through, there are some early demos by Silverstein, Taking Back Sunday, MCR, and more. At this point in time, everybody used MySpace, so it wasn't just emo artists uploading music. In the archive, there's a fair bit of techno and metal, as well as other genres. The MySpace Archive Project is a great resource if you want to find some early demos of your favorite bands, or if you just want to find some really underground music. I took a listen through some of the uploads on there and found a few that really stood out to me. Winter Demo 2001 is a demo tape put out by the group Of Death. It's less than five minutes long and I think it's definitely worth the listen if you're really into emo violence. It's drenched in reverb and it's almost like if Norwegian black metal met 90s hardcore screamo. Another demo tape I recommend checking out is My Chemical Romance's Attic Tapes. It's a four-track demo containing early versions of Cubicles, Skylines and Turnstiles, Early Sunsets over Monroe, and Our Lady of Sorrows. These tracks would later be featured on their first album, I Brought You My Bullets, You Brought Me Your Love. One last release I recommend checking out is Elysia's Masochist. It's crazy, loud, cathartic deathcore. What more could you want? It's 2006. Thank you so much for listening to The Action Index with Tea Time, a deep dive into emo culture. You can give the podcast a follow on Instagram at theactionindex underscore. I'll start posting stuff there eventually, I guess. The music you heard today was Blue Mood by Robert Munzinger, A Sunday Stroll by Huma Huma, and Manic No Depression by Jeremy Corpus. All thanks to the YouTube Audio Library. Thank you for listening.